because it is really, really, and you know this, it's really easy when you work from home to just say, well, you know, I'm just going to get on the computer and do this quick thing. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name's Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter, and today Joe's interviewing Cindy Bidder. Cindy was another referred guest from Kelly McCausey from show number 115. Cindy's online career has spanned multiple specialties, including content and copywriting, marketing and operations management, coaching and consulting. She's had the privilege of working with some of today's most profitable online businesses and has helped train seven-figure marketing teams and overseen the setup and management of hundreds of marketing and sales funnels. Through her training programs and one-to-one consulting, she helps her clients scale their businesses by creating automated systems that improve conversion rates, increase sales and add more profit to the bottom line. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Cindy Bidar. I was going to say of, but I haven't got an of, of cindybidar.com. Maybe I'll say that. <laughs> that works. I'm so used to having that that little sort of shape at the beginning that, you know, obviously off I went. So there we go. But anyway, lovely to have you with me, Cindy. Great to, to have you joining me on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Lovely. So start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do and where you do it. Well, my name is Cindy Bidar, as you said. Um, What I do is I help online business owners make more money with automation so that they can work less and enjoy more holidays and make more money. And I do that from my home office in lovely Grand Rapids, Michigan. I am fully online, uh, have been for about nine years. So, um, I've, I have fully embraced the online ecosystem. This is where you will find me. Lovely. And we were just discussing, although the, the listeners are going to get bored with this because I've been saying it for a couple of weeks and I've got another few weeks of it yet, that I'm in my caravan <laughs> in the middle of a field. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, I'm <yeah>. jealous. <laughs> so getting to do the, the living more that I, that I always say that we should be doing whilst also uh, running a successful business. So, uh, you know, that's... Uh, living living no being congruent with with what I teach (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) so tell us how you got into doing what what you do I mean nine years online is quite a long time we're still fairly early days on the online side of things Uh, and what you do is uh, as I say I say to quite a few of my guests it's not something that I imagine you grew up wanting to do or planning to do because it's not sort of a a job that we know about when we're at school. So so t- talk us through how you ended up doing what you do. You know, um, I think that <laughs> my entire life has been has been one accidental thing after another that's that's just ultimately turned out fabulous. And what I do for a living these days is is really no different. 
Um, I used to be in my in, in another life in my day job. I was a buyer in an automotive plant, so I was responsible for purchasing all of the raw materials, and I bought all the machinery, and I bought all the all the little you know doodads and and gadgets that went along with that. And it was, you know, around about 2008 and the economy was really crappy and I needed some more money. So I started looking around um, online to see what I could do to earn a little bit of extra income. And I kind of fell into creating content and I, I wrote content for a while for people. I wrote blog posts and I wrote some sales pages and I did that for pay for a little while and I was earning, you know, a little bit of money every month um, writing for people. And I had a client who um, came to me and asked me to write him a couple of sales pages and I did and he paid me and he went away and I didn't hear anything from him for Oh, two or three months after that. And then one day out of the blue, he called me and uh, he called me while I was at work and he left me a message and he said, please call me back when you get a, get a minute. And I called him back and I have to tell you, I was so nervous calling him back. This is, it, it speaks to that whole imposter syndrome thing that I think everybody goes through. I was so nervous about calling him back. I thought for sure he was going to tell me that the sales pages that I had written were terrible and he wanted a complete rewrite or he wanted a refund. I mean, all of these things going through my head, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I called him. I worked up the courage to call him back after I got out of work that day. And the first thing he said was, I need an online project manager. How much would you charge me for 20 hours a week? Wow. <laughs> so I quoted him a rate that was outrageous for me because it was more than I was making at my day job. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, OK, done. And <laughs> a couple of months after oh, that, <laughs> what's that? Not wish you'd gone for hire then when it was I so know, easy. right? <laughs> so then a couple of months after that, he introduced me to someone else um, who was also looking for a project manager. And she said, I need 20 hours a week. When can you start? And I, I was at an event um, out of town when that happened. And I went home and told my husband, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to work online full time. And, and he went, you're going to what? <laughs> What's this about? <laughs> so that's kind of how I got started and I I've learned you know along the way and I didn't I did not get started as a as a marketing person I didn't get started as as the as an automation person which is what I teach now um, I was a virtual assistant and I pretty much did anything that anybody asked me to do um, and I I was blessed and so incredibly lucky to um, have uh, clients who essentially you know gave me on the job training mm -hmm. and I have learned I've learned a great deal from some really really amazing clients and uh, now I'm sharing it with my clients yeah I love that that thing I, I sort of would say my my career with my own business has been a, a similar sort of thing of things happen and I go along with them and it works out and it's great and then that leads to something else and and you know I wouldn't say it's been a particular career plan for the last 13 years uh, but it, it's interesting how how much comes from sort of saying yes but how difficult at times it can be and as you say that whole imposter syndrome thing when you have said yes <laughs> wondering what you've sort of let yourself in for Absolutely. There's a there's a Richard Branson, I think it's Richard Branson quote that I really like where he talks about um, when somebody when somebody offers you an opportunity, say yes, figure out how to do it later. 
yes yeah 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 it's funny i used to work for staples many years ago as an hr uh, person and uh, that was our approach to customer service um, it was our American ops director said you know the answer is always yes then you need to just work out how to make it happen and uh, I think I carried that that through just from from that experience as well so uh, yeah absolutely take those opportunities because also you never really know where they're going to lead do you right you you never know you you never you never know when you say yes to you know a client who calls you out of the blue that it's going to lead to a uh, a, a podcast interview, you know, <laughs> 10 years later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, there's a flip side to that, which is the bit about saying no as well and, and not not ending up taking on lots of things that are sort of distracting you from, from what's important and what you want to be doing. What, what are your thoughts on that, the whole thing about saying no? You know what? Uh, that is a That is a struggle that I think I know I have faced in the past. I think a lot of people face it. They, I, I hear that maybe it's a, a woman thing, but I don't know if that's true or not. <clears throat> but in the beginning, when I was first working online, I, I would take on anything, you know, anything that anybody needed me to do, I was up for. And the result of that is that you work way too many hours, for one thing. Yeah. And you work in doing things that you don't really enjoy or don't really want to do or aren't really good at. But I think we all kind of have to go through that just to to find out what we like and what we're good at and 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 what we really want to do, right? So you have to say yes to a lot of things, but once you get it figured out, then then it's really important to start saying no to the things that don't serve you well. Yes. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think it probably is that whole journey of as you say taking on stuff and using that to discern the bits that you want to do and are good at and then absolutely no to the rest of it yeah exactly so tell us tell us more about how you got into specializing in automation because it's something that i i talk about and teach to my clients it's something that i do it's something people get really excited about the opportunity going back to the opportunity thing again but i don't see people doing it 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 takes a um I think you have to have a certain, your, your brain has to work a certain way. I happen to be extremely analytical. So I'm, I'm really good at troubleshooting. I can look at a process and figure out why it's not working or how to make it work better. And I don't think, a, I think that's a skill that a lot of people don't, you know, necessarily, they're not necessarily born with. I think it's something that can be, that can be trained, but it's something that people aren't necessarily born with. And I think that a lot of times people find it boring. Like they don't want, they want to do the fun stuff. They want to do the Facebook lives and they want to do the, um, you know, they want to speak on stage and they, they want to do all of that stuff that seems like it's much more fun, but they don't want to dig in and say, okay, how can I build this email funnel? And partially because they don't understand it, maybe, and partially because it just doesn't sound like any fun. It sounds pretty boring. And to me, that anal that analysis, that um, <clears throat> you know, looking at the looking at the numbers and figuring out the the workflow, and that is the stuff that really that I really enjoy doing. So that's kind of the direction that I I veered off in when I. Um, as I started to get more clients when I was a virtual assistant, I started to say no to things that weren't that. And I started to say yes to things that were more of that type of, of, um, 
that type of work because that was the work that I really enjoyed. I didn't enjoy so much the the writing and this and the sales copy creation. I enjoyed more the the automation and the analysis and the and the um, you know that type of marketing funnel creation. So then that that feeds into the the other uh, thing that I talk about as part of my uh, share fundamental, one of my five fundamentals, and that's about knowing that you need to do this stuff and and somebody I interviewed earlier today was talking about how important it is to take away all the stuff that you don't want to do and that isn't your thing so mm -hmm. that you have time to do the things that you want to do and that you are you know the best at doing yep. um so you know you 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 need automation to be in place so that you don't have to do those things but then maybe you're not the person to do it so maybe that's when people come to people like you because you know as you said they don't want to do it they don't find it interesting but they understand it needs to be done and then it's about investing in somebody else doing it for you isn't it that is very true it is that is very true sometimes it's you know sometimes it's it's just a matter of understanding that that things need to be done and it is not the best use of our time um i think everybody's probably read the book the big leap which is all about you know, working in the in the tasks that are in, within your zone of genius and letting other people, you know, do what they're really good at. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what sort of things do you do when you work with your clients? What's a, what does a day sort of look like for you? Uh, I I have just a handful of clients left. Um, I'm actively working my way out of client work and more into group training and courses. Um, but the clients that I do have left, I spend a lot of time like troubleshooting issues, which is is really my sweet spot and and helping them to make more money, you know, without having to without having to work harder. So I do a lot of um, funnel setups. I do a lot of you know, new ways, helping them create new ways of getting in front of a larger audience, helping them analyze the traffic that they do have so that they can optimize it, make more money from the traffic that they do have, helping them, you know, set up things like split testing and and email marketing funnels and, and all of that sort of stuff that goes into that whole working fewer hours and making more money um, goal that everybody seems to have. Yes, yeah. And you talked about moving away from client work and more to, to group work and, and coaching. What What's prompted that change? Scale. Uh, you know, you talked about at the beginning how you're, you're caravanning for several weeks. That's actually one of the things that I want to do is be able to travel more. And anybody who works with clients on a one-to-one -one basis knows that when you are not working, you are not earning money. Yeah. So that's a large part of it. Um, another part of it is just I enjoy the the course creation piece. I enjoy the training. I enjoy working with multiple people. I enjoy you know connecting with my my membership community. So that's a lot of fun for me, and I enjoy it in in a lot of ways more than I enjoy that one to one work. Yeah, yeah. So as a, an automation specialist what tools and apps do you recommend <laughs> you can you can recommend other ones that aren't to do with automation as well I just thought I'd put you on the spot <laughs> so my absolute favorite automation tool is active campaign which I think just really rocks the whole email marketing automation 
space. Um, I think it's it's best in class. Um, it, it's super powerful and can do all kinds of amazing things in terms of you know segmenting your list and and giving people exactly what they need when they need it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my work is around email marketing, so Active Campaign is is at the top of my list for sure. Yeah, and um, I have uh, somebody else who came on the podcast right near the beginning who also specializes in automation, and he's an Infusionsoft person. Is that something that you've avoided, dabbled in? Is Does Active Campaigns do different things, or, do, or is it similar? It's just a different uh, uh, company. I use Infusionsoft as well. I have several mm-hmm. clients who use it. Infusionsoft is different from Active Campaign in that Infusionsoft also handles the sales process, so it's it's a it's actually a shopping cart as well as the email marketing piece. Right. Um, for most people, I think Infusionsoft, at least for most people that I work with, most people in my space, Infusionsoft is overkill. Mm-hmm. Active campaign on the email marketing side is every bit as powerful and every bit as good as the Infusionsoft email marketing piece. Right. Okay. Interesting. Thank you. So Active Campaign, anything else? I also, on a personal level, love, love, love Todoist, which is yeah. my, it's the app that keeps me on track. Is that, did you say you use it too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I've said before on the podcast, it's the one uh app for managing my to-do list that I have stuck with for years. Everything else I've always like swapped and changed around because it's far more interesting reorganizing myself than actually doing the things I need to do. (laughs) Isn't that true? It is so much more fun reorganizing your to-do list than actually working through it. Yes, yes. That's, 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 yeah, I totally get that. That's me. But yes, to-doist, best, absolute best. I, 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 um, I have not ever used, and I've tried a bunch of them. I've tried like, oh gosh, I can't even think of what the names of them are. And I've tried, you know, organizing my to-do list with Evernote and Google Tasks and, you know, just a bunch of different, I think Remember the Milk is one. I've tried them all. And Todoist is the one that stands out as being the the most flexible and the most useful for me. I absolutely love it. I like it because I think it it can be so simple for people who just want simple, Mm -hmm. but also sophisticated with all the the labels and filters and so on and in fact I I actually wonder if that's why it's kept me engaged because every time I think I I need to reorganize (laughs) I just add some different labels in and create different filters (laughs) yes yeah so so it it becomes something completely new yes yeah absolutely that's probably the case that because I do you know cut and and dice or slice and dice my to-do list in different ways and I and I do it in different ways at different times and it gives me that flexibility to do it so that's probably why it's it's, why it's kept me there (laughs) could be right could be on something there (laughs) lovely so let's talk a bit about other people helping you because we've talked about how people outsource to you or should outsource to people who do automation because that's not necessarily their thing um do you have people who help you to do the things that aren't your thing um i do i have my husband works with me he does a lot of the things that aren't my thing like bookkeeping which yeah. i absolutely hate and would probably not do and then i would you know get to the end of the year and have a big mess so he he takes care of all of that for me. He also takes care of all of the website 
maintenance. He builds all my sales pages. He does all of that kind of stuff. He schedules all my emails. So basically all I am left to do is the more creative work, like the writing that only I can do. Mm. So he's moved on from the, you're going to do what question? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He, he graduated from that a long time ago. <laughs> he graduated from you're going to do what to, oh, this is working, isn't it? <laughs> so I've had a few people on the podcast who work with their uh, partners and a couple that particularly specialize in helping um, people to do that, that better. Um, how does that work? Because I can't think of anything worse than working with my husband, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it, it, there was a, there was a learning curve. We, there, there definitely was. Um, we struggled with it for, for a while because, you know, he wants to be more involved and I want him to be more involved, but at the same time, I'm a bit of a control freak and I don't want to let go. Yeah. Um, we actually, about three years ago, we actually bought a bigger house because we were just, you know, it was too, it was too close. We needed our own space. When you, when you live with somebody and you work with somebody, it's like, you know, we, we needed separate corners. So we that ended up buying a bigger house just to. Everyone else is downsizing and you're, you're upsizing so that you, <laughs> you can together but further apart. I needed my own office. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that that would help definitely. <laughs> but but it definitely is. I mean, it, it's it is a learning curve. You have to be really good communicators because otherwise and and you have to be able to separate, you know, business from work or business from from personal as well. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard when you, you know, there's a saying that says when you when you work from home, you live at work. And that is absolutely true. It's true in the amount of time you spend working. And when you work with and live with your business partner, there is no, you know, kind of line drawn that separates work from personal. You have to, you have to work at maintaining that. And how do you do that apart from the bigger house <laughs> and the separate rooms? <laughs> um, we try to spend time together when we're, you know, like not, talking about work and not thinking about work and not, you know, communicating about work. We don't really have, I suppose we could, but we don't really have like, like a, a line in the sand where we say, you know, after five o'clock, we're not, we're not dealing with work at all. But, but we do yeah. make a, a definite effort to spend time together that is not work related because we spend so much work related time, you know, with each yeah. other that, that, we have to make a, a conscious effort. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about yourself in terms of keeping up your energy for running your own business? How do you look after yourself? Uh, really badly for a long time. Um, yeah. You know, I was, I was, and I, and I don't think this is unusual. I was super ambitious and I worked 60 or 70 or 80 hours a week for a long, long time. Yeah. And, which was, you know, good because I, I got my name out there and I, I had a lot of clients and I made a lot of money, but it's exhausting after a while and it's not sustainable. Mm. Um, so now I, I, um, I definitely, you know, I have a schedule and I try and stick to, I don't always, don't always make it, but I do try and stick to a schedule. I, I calendar everything 
so you know with my I have my Todoist and I have my calendar so I know what I'm doing at any moment of the day what I'm supposed to be doing anyway and that kind of helps me unplug at the end of the workday I can say okay I, I you know I got my work done I, I checked off everything on my to-do list I, I did all the work that was in my calendar so now I'm I'm free and I you know I can go for a walk or I can go out for dinner or I can you know go shopping yeah. or whatever um, but it is a I don't want to say it's a struggle but I, it's something I have to be constantly conscious of because it is really, really, and you know this, it's really easy when you work from home to just say, well, you know, I'm just going to get on the computer and do this quick thing. Yeah, and I, I think the, the, the important thing also is about remembering or, or being much sort of in the moment when, when you are doing the things that you're doing that aren't about work. Because I find when I'm, you know, as you know, I'm sort of, gallivanting a bit during the summer with friends and family and so on as well as working and I sometimes feel like I'm working all the time because in all the gaps of other stuff happening I'm working but of course that doesn't mean I'm working all the time it means I'm only working in the gaps <laughs> but unless I sort of remember to look around me during the moments when I'm doing the fun stuff with everybody I sort of forget I've done that when that I'm is then so important yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it is it is so important to just, you know, really be in the moment. You, you know, I used to work, <clears throat> I used to work with a client who, um, she's a, a lovely, lovely, lovely woman, and I, I really do admire her and what she's been able to do. But one of the things I noticed when I was working with her is that she was working all the time, even... Yeah. When she was enjoying family time, she had her computer with her, or she had her phone with her, or she was, you know, interviewing people or, or, you know, networking on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever. And I thought that, you know, I, she obviously, she enjoys it and it's, it's, it's done wonders for her business, but that's just not how I want to live my life. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, but it's so easy to fall into that trap. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I said, when you when you work from home, it is super easy to just be working all the time. Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was saying to my daughter the other day, she's here with me in the caravan. And, well, not right this minute. I, I banished her while we spoke. <laughs> um, but uh, I was saying to her the other day, oh, I feel like I haven't done any work for the last few days. And I thought, well, I haven't really because I was singing in um, – Hereford Cathedral for a few days so I was practicing and singing and we went out for dinner with some of the people we were there with and our French student was with us and then I had to drive here which took nearly a day by the time we'd done it having met somebody on the way for lunch and all that sort of stuff so you know I had had a few days where I hadn't been working which is why I felt a bit overwhelmed when I had got to get stuff done but of course then I thought well hang on a minute I've had you know four days of fun where I wasn't working and I didn't need to appreciate that. <laughs> yes absolutely. Yeah, apart from that very long drive, I wouldn't say I need to appreciate that too much. <laughs> oh, no, that's the fun. You know, getting there yeah, is half the fun, as they say. Yeah, that is true. I do like my road trips, I have to say. So, uh, yeah. So tell us a bit about what you do to learn and improve. So how you sort of keep yourself moving forward. You've clearly changed what you've done, as we've said, over the years because of opportunities that, that have come along. But those opportunities don't come along unless you're sort of capable or certainly going in the direction of those things that you get asked to do how, how have you kept moving 
part of the reason why I keep moving and why I keep learning is because I am endlessly fascinated with it. Um, I, I never get bored with learning, you know, new tricks that I can do, for example, in my active campaign account. I never get bored with learning how I can better engage with my membership members. I never get bored with learning new ideas for content marketing or mastering new channels uh, of, of social networking. I, that stuff never bores me. So, you know, part of the, the, part of my, my personal struggle with business is to spend more time actually working and less time learning. Um, as far as, you know, how do I, how do I actually kind of prioritize that? I like to focus on one thing until I've, I don't, I don't want to say mastered it because I haven't mastered, you know, much in this life, but I like to focus on one thing until it's running really, really well and it's being really effective and then I can focus on something different. Yeah, I think that's the challenge for those of us running our own businesses. There's so much sort of information out there, so much potential distraction and especially those of us who, who like to sort of move along and develop our businesses we can get distracted and encouraged to do too much learning <laughs> as you say and potential development but not do as much of the work as we actually really need to do because we're too busy learning <laughs> it, it is it is a challenge it is at least it's a challenge that I face and I, I know it's a challenge that a lot of my friends face as well yeah. we have to we have to prioritize it yeah it goes back to the the downside of those opportunities that we were talking about earlier yep. <laughs> So last couple of questions. Firstly, what about those days when it goes horribly wrong, when you have an awful day? How do you deal with that? You know, I almost never have an awful day. And and maybe that's just my personality type. I mean, I have I have days that are kind of frustrating maybe when things don't work as quickly or as well or you know I have a technology you know issue and some people would say, you know, mer mercury in retrograde kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um but that's really about as bad as it gets for me. Most days really go very, very well, and I am I am very, very grateful for that. And even on the days that that don't go right, I you know I recognize the fact that I'm not doing brain surgery, and and it's okay that that things didn't go right, or that you know that link was broken, or that that launch didn't didn't go as well as it could have, or I sent out a couple of weeks ago, I sent out. A, I scheduled an email that was supposed to go out at nine o'clock at night. It was a last chance email and I accidentally sent it out at nine o'clock in the morning. You know, <laughs> it happens. I'm human. Yeah. Yeah. The next, the next day is better. And I, I rarely, rarely let that kind of thing really get to me because it's just, you know, there's so much more important things in the world than, than some little catastrophe that happened at work. Yeah. And do you know what? I'm never going to get a brain surgeon on, surgeon on this podcast and ask her, him or her um, what what um, happens when they have a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to know. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, that or uh, an airline pilot. Don't want one of those either. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess if you if you have an airline pilot on and they've had a really bad day, maybe they have some insight that people would need to know. Well, and I suppose if they're on and they've had that bad day, it couldn't have been that bad. That's right. 
<laughs> Lovely. And so finally, what about those days where you've had the chance to live more? And by that, I mean, get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or you have to do. What do those days look like for you? Those days look like travel days. I am, uh-huh. I am absolutely in love with traveling. Uh, I took a vacation recently, took myself out to uh, Arizona here in the States to see the Grand Canyon, and it was fabulous. And I worked about 30 minutes a day for a week. It was amazing. Um, and sometimes, you know, just short little jaunts. Sometimes, you know, the husband and I will take off for a day and, and go you know, see the sights. We have some amazing nature here where I live. Um, we live very close to the beach and we live very close to the to the forest and there's just all kinds of amazing things to see around here. So about once a week in the summer, we take off for the whole day and just, you know, go explore this amazing world that we live in. I did actually say something Uh, when we were live in response to Cindy's comments just now but they got lost in all the audio issues that we had Uh, we had a real challenge in the second half of the show to actually uh, make it work and Cindy very professionally went on and assumed I was going to ask for her contact details and and shared them so that I could then introduce them in the uh, editing process (laughs) Um, so uh, here, here they are and also thank you to Cindy for her professionalism whilst we were going through our audio challenges and uh, I um, was just really relieved that the whole recording had happened because at one stage we thought that we'd lost everything we were going to have to start again uh, so I don't think for most of it you'll have noticed there were some issues but uh, this is just uh, explaining why I don't say anything in response to her last comment and then she abruptly goes into sharing her contact details uh, but there you go we make these things work. So people can find me at cindybidar.com and that is C-I-N-D-Y-B-I-D-A-R.com. And uh, they can also find me on Facebook and they can find me on Twitter. And any place that you see Cindy Bidar, that's me because as far as I know, I am the only person in the world with that name, which is kind of amazing. So thank you, Cindy. It's been great interviewing you. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it as well. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to the link powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 125, then you'll find them there. You may remember last week I said that my membership site, Power to Live More Calm, is finally ready to roll and it's been um, quite exciting this week actually uh, putting some sort of finishing touches to it and uh, really thinking about how I further develop it moving forwards but I was also reminded separately this morning I met a friend in London overnight and this morning she was meeting a mutual contact of ours and so I tagged along just to say hello and catch up with that uh, person and she's actually starting her own business having left the corporate world and The three of us were having a discussion about how it is both exciting but also can be quite scary to start out on your own and you sort of, you know, knowing what to do first and what needs to be done and what's urgent and what isn't quite so urgent. And of course, the the sort of big looming question really is the whole bit about how will I get my clients and will I get any clients? And it just reminded me of the importance of community when you're working on your own you know having people around you who have been there done that or are doing it and 
can help you and support you and you can sort of bounce ideas off and that sort of thing and that's exactly what we were doing this morning as part of our catch-up but as I say it just reminded me that that's such a key part of running your business on your own it's having those sort of trusted people around you that can provide that sort of support and it just reminded me of the membership site and how a big part of it is about community and providing that opportunity for people who are working on their own are working from home are sort of facing similar challenges and you know need people to talk to but perhaps don't have that sort of easy access and a way of getting that sort of support and help from people like them and so that's part of the reason where that why the membership came about and that's a big part of the value of it to you as a home-based coach or consultant having those people around including me who have been there done it or are still doing it and are still doing it should I say and are able to you know provide support and ideas and allow you to sort of bounce ideas offers and that sort of thing as well uh, so yeah so uh, remember the membership site is now available if you'd like to have a conversation with me about it uh, with no obligation to join it but perhaps just to find out a bit more and have a look at it and see if it's something that might be of interest then if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash get calm you can book into my diary and we can have that conversation and if the membership site is something that isn't of interest to you at the moment either because you're not a home-based coach or consultant or you just don't need that support and you're quite happy in your situation but you know people who might benefit from it then please do share it with them and uh, introduce them to me and send them to powertolivemore.com forward slash get calm Again, the show notes for this show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 125. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.